Good morning from Saratoga Springs on this balmy, warm. She's being facetious. I woke up today and I looked at my phone. It said minus 16. That wasn't the wind chill, Joe. Wind chill minus 40. So um, for those who can stay home, stay home. From what I understand, the polar vortex is um, allowing or making people get frostbite within five seconds. I think five seconds might be ambitious. I think maybe you mean five minutes. Something like that. But it's somewhere between like five, five seconds. seconds and five minutes. <laughs> so last night, when you know, there's a ritual for closing here at Thirsty Owl where you have to go out and get the sandwich boards, which are the big, heavy signs that you put on the sidewalk. And uh, I one, two, three shot it with Michael, and I was a loser. And it was so cold out there. And one of the signs had blown over. So that's the issue. It's not that it's just cold. It's windy. So the wind chill warnings went to 50 below last night. And I would not be surprised if it got there. And, and maybe that 50 below, we reached that spot right when I went out to get the signs. It was bad. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was really cold out, um, which is okay. We're tough cookies. Um, some of us use outerwear to try to um... combat the cold temps. <laughs> and last night there was a lovely young woman who was in the owl and she had what can only be described as a vagina coat. It was pinkish in color. <laughs> what would you call it? Mauve? What would you call it? Mauve, Is yes. That right? And it was a nice healthy pink, let's say. Yeah, yeah, and um, it had these, I, I'm going to say a word and we're all going to chuckle, it had these flaps oh, <laughs> in the crater, like collarbone neck region, and they were proportionally sized to what a maybe a vagina would be if it were that size. And this woman, let's, let's cut to the chase, was you, Joe, yes. and you're not super tall, a little vertically challenged, the Sika would like to say, so I'm going to call it forever the vagina coat. And I've heard this morning now, it's just after 10 a.m., that the coat may have made it, met an unfortunate ending to its life. Yes. Um, you know, I put on this coat. I look at myself in the mirror, and all I see is a vagina. And I think <laughs> um, I'm ready to burn it once the bonfire season uh, happens. Okay. So it's been tucked away in the closet, and it's gone forever right. for a while. Let me ask you this question. When you bought bought the coat, did you try it on? <laughs> Listen, everyone knows I'm kind of like a blue, black, gray, brown sure. uh, color palette in sure. my clothing uh, choices. Mm. And I saw this beautiful mauve coat. I thought, hey, I need a pop of color in my closet. Yeah. Put it on. It felt like a nice, comfortable comforter, but no mirrors at the store. No so mirrors. Went, paid Love. for it, got yeah. home put it on yesterday, looked in the mirror, I thought, oh my God. But I chanced it, put it out there, and uh, there was a consensus that it, yes, indeed, looked like a vagina. Is there me. a way possible to post a photo on either of the platforms, on Spotify or iTunes, so that people could see this? I actually put it on last night as well. And then... It was a little obscene. I started rubbing my forehead as if just when your when your head pops out of this coat, it looks like perhaps that might be the little man in the boat. And uh, I had the bar and some stitches last night with that move. It was a little, it was a bit much, but maybe we could find a way to post that one. I will upload it on YouTube and as a private and people who want to watch it, I will actually Send yeah. it. Anyone stumbling upon that one by accident? Uh, but you know, uh, Josh, your hand gestures Were... kind of tells us your strategy in the Netherlands. Well, I was well. You know what I was asking? I was whether I was asking if the the fun fun uh, delicate swipes are are more favorable vertically or horizontally. And I believe, if I remember right, you suggested that perhaps more vertically was a more impressive routine. Yes. Okay. And circular. And circular. Now that one was on Seinfeld. I think that was a Seinfeld episode where oh. they were talking about that. Elaine was mentioning that one. But so, so vertically is is uh, favorable to horizontal swipes. 
Yes. Very good. I mean, I that's, wow. All right. I don't know if that's popular opinion, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. So, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Off topic. You will see this on video. Uh, I, we will post uh, the link to it. Um, mm. uh, reflections from the last podcast, which was quite um, heavy and it was. I I got a lot honest. of feedback from that and. Um, Kind of a mixed bag. I mean, it was none of it was negative, but I just feel like I, well, right now I'm wearing headphones and I can't hear anything, so I don't know if these are noise canceling or what. What the story is? I'm sure it's recording, Joe. I don't think that's an issue, but okay. I'm going to take these off. Don't be alarmed. Uh, I wanted to feel like a real DJ for a hot second, and now I'm going to take them off. And a small part of me will die as I take these off because I really wanted to try them out. So headphones off. Our um, sound engineer is missing today. So, yeah, I just did, that's right. That's right. Fired. Um, but no, I just when any, whenever you kind of spill your feelings, and you know, if it's on a very specific topic, especially, uh, you know, I've had people that that are close to me kind of um, not be bent out of shape by it, but it was, um, you know, some folks maybe didn't realize, I guess, that uh, I had you know such you know, overwhelming feelings or such a, uh, a ghost that was still haunting me to a degree. And, and I think I, what I want to do is kind of transform the conversation into, um, you know, a couple of things, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to spill my guts. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe we have 70 listeners for per podcast. Maybe we have 112, like whatever the number is, you know, a lot of those people are people that I really care about. So for me to talk about that, you know, I don't need a pat on the back, but I mean, there's some guts involved in that. And, you know, before we, we figure if, you know, what I'm mentioning is something, I mean, I don't, I don't see how that could affect anyone adversely for me to talk about that. And, you know, I've not made it a mystery that, you know, I've felt sad or disillusioned by an event. Um, so it was, a, it was a little puzzling to get anything other than, and I don't need an attaboy, but just maybe a, I was really gutsy to talk about that. Mm. And, um, you know, and that kind of, it's a segue into the same topic, but I want to throw something out there that I've never heard anyone talk about. And I'm not saying I'm doing something. I'm not L. Ron Hubbard. I'm who's the, who's the motivational speaker, the big giant guy, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. I'm not trying to be that because that guy weirds me out. Is he like 6'10", 280? Like, what is he, what is that guy? He's actually really huge and, Overpowering. Yeah, you know, but the, he's kind of evolved with the times. At first, he was like holier than thou, and everything I say is the right way. But then he's kind of evolved into, and he he uses more everyday speech and some of the things he talks about. I don't, I'm not super familiar, but like he'll break someone's chops, kind of like you and I would if we were trying to get through to someone. But what I'm trying to suggest is, I think closure closure is rubbish. I don't think there is such thing as that, and I think that's what I was getting to in a different way. And I just, I don't think there is such thing as closure. I think if you have, if you have lost, okay, I'm using that as a very vague term because if someone passes away and you know, you're sad about it or someone's no longer in your life, that whether it was a romantic or a really good friend or whatever the case is, and it was a challenging circumstance in which, you know, they exited. And if someone passes away, I mean, whether it was a automobile accident or if someone was 85 years old and lived a long, you know, healthy life, um, to think that you're going to be over that completely and, and tuck it away into a box and pack it away in the attic of your mind, that's just not going to happen. I, I truly don't believe that ever happens. When people, that was a term that was really tossed around right around 2000 into like 2010 and people were like, oh, I don't, I need closure to move on to have my next relationship. Or I need closure with someone's passing all right you don't get that i don't think you get that joe i mean this is a podcast that 100 people listen to but guess what this is some shit like i can't think of many people on this planet that i'm closer to than you okay and these are beautiful conversations and if they get a little cutting edge at times and if you want to say what i'm saying is a crock of shit please feel free but i don't believe there's closure and i'm okay with that it takes the pressure off but what does it do it makes you have to swim like a son of a bitch for sure to try to, to try to find and make it peaceful 
And I think that has more value anyways, because there's more effort there. Closure. I, I have closure. I have closure. It just sounds like a bullshit word to me, and I don't think it exists, Joe. I don't think it exists. I mean, you tell me. I mean, do you feel like when something, you know, take, take the example we were talking about, and let's, let's trash that for now, okay? Dump that. There had to be something else back there, okay? Um, you've talked to me about, you know, your feelings um, about your dad, right? We've talked about that. Um, and I think that you've talked about that fairly freely. So I don't, I don't think that's too big of a topic. And I won't get very specific with it. But you had some, some tough um, examples set for you uh, at a young age on how to navigate um, um, a marriage uh, uh, meant to be a monogamous uh, you know, pact between two people. And, you know, there's no, I don't think there's a closure to that. What, what would the closure be? That you've packed that away and that you have no experience going in and you have a blank slate on how you handle relationships. You are very intelligent. You're wonderful. You smile all the time. You have tons of good days. You're lovely in every way possible. You're really, you're really starting at a blank slate. I mean, you would have done the work. You would have talked to people that care, maybe even talked to someone in, in, who does it for a living. I don't know the case. Like, I don't know that about you, but you've done all the work. You're a hard worker. I've seen you do wine deliveries. I mean, you kick ass. I've seen you behind the bar at the Owl. You jump back there. If someone needs a water and Michael's uh, getting food in the kitchen, you go back. I mean, like, you put in the effort. You put in the time. Do you really think, do you really think in your heart of hearts that closure is really a thing? The short answer is no. Um, the longer answer is I think women in this case, uh, it sounds like you got some negative feedback. Maybe I'm not going to timestamp this. Uh, you were in a relationship, it ended and you fancied another person, the person fancied you and both realized that you were still hung up on somebody else when you were starting or exploring a new relationship. I'm assuming that touches on the situation and the female probably said, you know, you should have told me you were still hung up. The answer is you don't really know how hung up you are until you enter another relationship because then you're comparing the, the second person to the first. Now, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent there. The short answer is uh, closure, finality. I don't, I think it's an extreme thought. I don't believe there should be absolute closure as far as not forgetting the other person or not thinking about the other person or feeling something for the other person if they come back up and call you. I don't think it's fair for anyone to think that the person they're starting a new relationship with is an actual blank slate because that would just make you uninteresting. Yeah. I think scars um, are just as fascinating as the good thoughts. And I, I, you know, it, I think, I think the reaction, the negative reaction by someone who is in a relationship and find out that the other person is still thinking about another person, uh, it could be, it's, it, it's slightly selfish. Um, the, the sad part is it's slightly selfish, but it also hurts the other person because they want to be known as the new person, the one, possibly the, the only one for the rest of their lives. That's a, that's a female reaction, or at least that's I don't a think reaction. it's a female reaction. I think it's a selfish person reaction. And I, I mm. you're not far off with what you said on your conjecture. I just think if you think everyone else is, you're going to start, you're going to meet someone and they're just going to start from square one with you. It's just not going to happen. And you're going to penalize someone for having really deep and, and heavy emotions towards another person. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if, listen, if I were to start with someone tomorrow and, you know, they said, you know, I um, am that super far, you know, removed from um, a, a very loving relationship that, um you know, ended maybe abruptly or didn't end exactly how I wanted to. And it, there isn't a continuation of the friendship or any sort of camaraderie moving forward. And that's, that's been tricky for me. Um, I wouldn't, you know, then you, then you have 
the ability to say, okay, well, I, I still think this, if this person has this much depth to them, if they have the ability to care that much, I think it'd be wonderful to, you know, try spending time with this person. And, and, you know, maybe I, I can learn something about having feelings about loss. So I can swim around in the fact that this person has a depth to them. You know, you don't, you don't listen. If you have relationships and they're just lukewarm or they're, you know, you, you don't get out of the shallow end of the pool, you know, you don't get into the deep end with them. That's fine. I don't know that I want to enter into a relationship with someone who hasn't taken a dip in the deep end. I just don't. Because yeah. how good could it ever be? It's like a Merlot for me. Okay. A little levity here. A Merlot? That grape to me, if it's done perfectly, is a seven on a scale of one to 10. I don't love Merlot. I don't hate it. Yeah. Like a good Melbeck for me mm. can get to a 10. Nice Chilean you know, Mendoza, you know, Argentina for that one, but it can get to a 10 if it's really good. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about someone who hasn't had, you know, a really close connection with someone and let's say they're still a little bit upset by it, but they still have great days. They still have a wonderful life and they, and they smile all the time and, they, and they're happy. What's wrong with that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to enter into a relationship with someone who'd never experienced a great love or had a great love lost or something like that. And, you know, and, and I've, I have even in the day and a half that since we've recorded, I've looked back at that relationship and have realized in conversations with myself and others, because it has brought about some conversations. Um, that I think I'm giving that the, the, the ghost and the memory of that relationship far too much credit. Mm. And not just because of the say la vie to Seiko and, you know, exiting stage left. I think it just, I don't, I think it was good. I don't think it was, I just don't think it was great. It couldn't have been if it, if it was, I think I'd be in a different spot right now, not still in it. And there was confusion too, about saying, you know, I would, you know, if you, I think you posed the question, if they were to call, would you take that call? Would you be happy that the call took place? And then the answer is yes, but it's not to get back together with them. It's just that it's nice to not be walking around with a heavy heart. That's all. Simple. But closure, it's like the lost city of Atlantis. Does it really exist? And does it need to exist? We got to be tougher as a group. Humans got to be tougher emotionally. And tough doesn't mean pretend like it doesn't matter means the opposite. It means it did matter. Talk about it. And in talking about it, you honor it and recognize it. And then you can move from there, not move on. F that word. Yeah. F, F the word, the phrase move on. Move on. Moving on. What? What? Yeah, you just, everyone wants to pack into the, in this neat little package and I just don't think it exists. I just don't think there's a true closure because closure means you'll never be affected by it again. It means that, you know, I've, I'm in a healthy spot and I'm, I'm moving on. I like what you said. And I think maybe if the people in your life who reacted negatively, hey, there, I mean, don't, I mean, it's I, it, one and a half people. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's not a individuals who reacted possibly negatively um, is failing to see what you're actually saying, which is re regardless of how it ended or a relationship that you decided to be in ended, uh, you still actually feel like there's something more beyond the romantic. Correct. And there are beautiful memories and beautiful aspects of what happened between the two of you. And it's not a bad thing to hold on to them because they are pretty memories and they make you who you are today. Now, if somebody says to you, forget about all those things, only focus on me and our new memories. Yeah. That's not really honoring you as a person not at all. who actually is someone who is nostalgic and appreciates people in your lives. And so the way I would see it is you would treat, you treat women a little better 
because you want to hang on to all, to always the good relate the good parts of the relationship. Yeah, or any relationship. Again, yeah. I mean, we're talking about our our buddy that you know might swing in tonight that has had a really rough go of it lately. I it's the same way with him. I mean, I'm trying to you know, put him in a good spot. I'm trying to maintain that relationship to some degree, even though there's no real reason for me to do that. I mean, this isn't, this isn't gender specific. This isn't romantic specific for me. And I think that's what people need to understand. It's like, I root for good feelings on every front. Uh, Life is a blink of an eye and people that don't understand that are just so ignorant. And if you want to go through life with a heavy heart, be my guest. It doesn't do you any good. I see those people all the time. I see them every day. I see people come in the owl. I see two women come in the owl and they're talking about their ex or they're talking about their boyfriend or their significant other and they're just banging on them. And it's just so brutal. Yeah. You know, and maybe I see it a little bit more than the average bear, but I, I don't have, I mean, you see things happen in life and you try to make a change. If you think, if you don't like the way it makes you feel, you try to make a change. And to have a light heart has so much value to me. I can't even, I can't even explain it. I can't even, I can't, I would fall short if I were to if I were to try my hardest to explain the difference between a light heart and a heavy heart. And if you don't if you don't get that, then you're not my peeps. Like how, how does the safety dance go? Does it it can dance if they want to and be a friend of mine, but if they don't dance and when they don't dance, well then they're no friend of mine. Like if you can't if you can't grasp that one bit, like I can't I can't operate in that in that circle of people. Like if you if you don't understand levity and trying to get past tough times, I that's the only language I speak. And I am I am proud to say I will never speak another. Now, I I do know you well enough to say the following and I'm not trying to defend you and I may make a one and a half enemies after saying what I'm about to say. But I will, I will mention that my experience with you is I don't think you make promises to people who you enter into relationships with. In fact, you probably are a little too honest in what you're going through. And it's not always what women want to hear, the honesty of what you're going through. Uh, but I also learned that women want to hear what they want to hear and they don't want to hear what they don't want to hear. Yeah. And if their if their pursuit was to end up with you and they're the only person in your life romantically and forever, then they're getting it wrong. They're absolutely getting it wrong because I'm going to flip it real quick. Women also have baggage and a past and past relationships. Don't tell me that there's no, there's a woman in this planet who isn't carrying some of that baggage as well, or who, if, who would be in the same position you are if their long lost love from high school didn't come back around uh, 25 years later and try to come at them. Don't tell me it's a, it's a, you know, decline call or a blocked message. I think that women try to position themselves as the, um, altruistic perfect person when i think we make we all make the same mistakes that we accuse men of let me just say that yeah well see this uh, i mean the, that's a great point but this podcast is very unique because i think you are making it men are from mars and women are from venus and i don't believe that like we, we talked about the orgasm gap yesterday and yes we have different parts right we have different parts and there's part of procreation that you would probably lend towards guys you know having their cookie 98 percent of the time um and those are like the very clear differences between men and women. But as far as, you know, I wasn't suggesting that because I have memories of someone else or I, I feel badly about how something ended, that that was male specific. I don't think that at all. I think that I think it goes without saying, I think to even bring it up suggests that maybe there is a difference. I don't think there's a difference at all. I think women have had meaningful relationships from the beginning of time, as have men. And because I talk about a meaningful relationship that I had, I shouldn't get penalized for that. I should be applauded for that. Or not even applauded, because like the first thing I said is I shouldn't get patted on the back, but I, I certainly shouldn't get my chops busted. So I, I think that mm. we all have it. And I just don't have any problem with talking about it. You know, is it advantageous on the first date to talk about your ex? Like, probably not. I mean, that's a whole other story. And that's more of a, a lighthearted two-dimensional story. This is a this is five dimensions we were speaking in the last time. This is 
this is heavy shit. I mean, this is a ton of bricks, as they say, you know, and I don't know. I'm still good with it. I don't regret talking about it at all. So I'm good with it. I'm the only one who needs to be good with it when it comes down to it. So, you know, if someone else wants to have the stones to, to get on air and talk about, you know, feelings they have or, or love's lost or, you know, raising their kid or something like that, then, then go ahead and be my guest and see what comes up. When you talk with someone you feel comfortable with and you care about greatly and you're trying to have a podcast about communicating and opening up and being vulnerable as a penis haver or a vagina haver doesn't, doesn't make a goddamn difference. So be my guest. You know, grab the equipment, you know, drop 500 bucks, go get some snuff and start, you know, see, see, see what happens when you really start communicating. It's a beautiful thing. And I refuse to believe that it's not. I like that. I like so. that. And uh, I, I will point out none of this podcast is actually scripted. <laughs> if, that, if you can't tell that now, we went from vagina coats to me uh, defending my vulnerability. So uh, we were really getting after it, you know, yeah. but uh, I know we were going to go in another direction, yeah. too. Yeah. And last thing I will say this, and I and I do try to challenge um, the, the, the side of the relationship that gets angry or want to demonize somebody who hurt them. I really challenge you to look at yourself in the mirror as well and say, did I do this to somebody else in my past? And the chances are you probably hurt someone as well, and they probably think of you the way you think of the last person who hurt you as well. I try so hard, and you talk about me working hard. One of the hardest things I've worked on on myself is I try really hard not to be bitter or offended or hurt or or uh, get angry at another person who hurt my feelings. Yeah, I try really hard, and uh, it's a much happier way to live uh, so far. I'm not saying I don't get angry. I have a temper like the worst of them. Uh, my father's temper, but you know, you have to learn how to regulate that and put it in its place and, you know, self-assess. Yeah. Uh, don't accuse somebody of something you probably have been guilty of in the past as well. And at our age, I'm sure each and every one of us has made mistakes, have misled people into believing we're into them more than we really are, have broken up with someone. Uh, and the list goes on. So it goes both ways. And uh, if you want to be angry, have fun with that. Yeah, people want to be super grumpy about stuff committed towards them. If it's committed toward their friends, they don't care. If it's committed towards someone they don't care about, they don't care. If it's something they did in the past, Typically, there's a little bit of feeling bad, but they don't, generally don't. They, they have a very short memory when it's something they've done wrong. But when it's done unto them, all hell breaks loose. And I have ample evidence of that through my 49 years. Yeah. You know, you could have a friend. And as far as I know, I'm not speaking of anyone uh, because I, I, I'm just saying, like, if Joe, if you had a friend, uh, Sally, we always go with Sally. <laughs> Sally. And you know, she's doing something wrong or misbehaving within a relationship. We don't really call them out. Actually, you probably would. You would do it in a very sporty, fun way. But more often than not, most people, you know, are seeing a married guy and, you know, their friend really doesn't say anything. But heaven forbid, if their husband was doing something wrong to them, it all, all hell would break loose. Like, it's just not, people don't, People judge a lot tougher when it's something that's happening unto them. And if it's something they've done in the past or happening to a friend or their friend's doing something wrong, it's just eh, yeah. no big deal. No big deal. You're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right. All right. Where were we headed? Yeah, where are we headed? Uh, just a little more lighthearted uh, conversations here. Uh, <laughs> apropos of what we are talking about, uh, we've been, I've been reading Untrue by Dr. Wednesday Martin, and the whole premise of this book, from my interpretation, is that female sexuality has been such taboo for, for hundreds of years or from the, from the beginning of time, but she takes a lot of studies and debunks some of the notions that we've come to believe in our modern world 
and says uh, very uh, crazy things, I would put. Uh, when I say crazy, meaning it'll elicit reaction. Yeah, let's grab a different term because because yes. uh, I, th- I think you're happy with the findings that you're that you're thumbing through, correct? I am a hard, some of them hard to swallow. Okay. And then also just a quick aside, not much of an aside, but we're going to try to do a really good job moving forward of any book that we talk about or a YouTube clip or, you know, a musical performance. We talk about lyrics a lot on the, on the show here. We're going to try our best or, or chosen try our best because she's the more tech side, which I'm sure she's giggling at in her head because I don't think she sees herself as a tech expert. But we're going to try to include those links. So if there's something that we we deem to be entertaining or spot on or intriguing, we'll try to do that. And I'm sure, so we're talking about untrue. So of course, we, I think we've already put that in the notes before, have we? Yes. Okay, very uh, good. We will send links to some of the sure. Cliff Notes version of the book uh, for those who are busy and may not be able to read the entire book. Um, one of her statements, which caused a lot of stir because, well, let me read the statement and uh, let's discuss it. She says, we've reduced men in our culture to their dicks and their wallets, and that's all they're used for. Hmm. You're asking for my interpretation of that? Like, what do I take? What's my take do on that? Do you believe that to have been the case to a certain degree? <sighs> well, there's a funny action to that one. And there's, all... okay, so. What do I think of that? I do believe that's the case. I don't think on an individual basis, I don't think I've really been treated that way. I don't feel that way, but I also have a wallet that has something in it. So I don't have her have to worry about finances. I, I'm a, I come from a, I feel like a fairly privileged setting. Okay. I acknowledge that. I think the most invisible person on the planet is in a First world country, a man who makes 50 grand or less, which is a lot of people. The average salary in this country is like $56,000. The most invisible person, I'll say it again, is a man in a first world country that makes less than average or measurably less than average, maybe a, a standard deviation and a half below the mean. And if that guy's not aesthetically pleasing at all, they get absolutely no attention because there's two ways to initially get an, get attention from a female. And that's because you're wealthy, you know, or you look very nice and might have a little bit of a sense of humor and can and chat to people and have some confidence. But a lot of those things are instilled by the other. If you have, like, oh, I don't need to be handsome or wealthy. I just need to be confident. Well, how much confidence are you going to have when you're not doing well professionally and you're you know, maybe unattractive. So I do believe in that statement. And I, I've not had to worry about it super much because I've been fortunate um, in the life that I was kind of born into. And and so I can't speak on it, but I can certainly speak on it from others' experience and watching them go through it. And if you want to see a lonely person, find find that guy who's doesn't do well professionally and um, isn't overly handsome. And that is usually a pretty lonely, difficult item. And that's starting to be talked about a little bit more in society. You'll, you'll find that, um, you know, some of your people on YouTube and stuff will talk about that. And I would say 80% of the new shit that you, you see on there with different philosophies and the, you know, Andrew Tate's and all those people, I, I toss out 80% of it, but that one I will absolutely buy. And I, there are times where I feel bad that I'm, you know, not particularly in that demographic because if you have a face that doesn't stop a clock and you're doing even remotely well financially, it is not very difficult probably to gain some sort of appreciation from the demographic that you are attracted to. So saying whether you're straight or gay or bi or whatever, it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, you know, the, the, the people that you're attracted to will pay you mind if you do somewhat well. And again, you're not, you know, you have the look of you doesn't make someone want to induce vomiting. It's sad. Uh, it's sad, but true. And it's a terrible thing for me as a woman to admit that it does matter what they look like, what, what the male person looks like. And it does matter uh, if they are 
I don't want I I I I define success very differently than most people. Uh, relatively successful or not. We both do define that very differently. True. Yeah. We do. We do. Uh, so it's it's a sad reality, but apparently there's also a primal reason for why uh, women have reacted this way. I would say no. Uh, exper- experience reason for why women. Well, she gets into a lot of primal urges. She, I mean, that's a lot of it. So I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong the first time. So explain what you were going to say there. What I think uh, the reason is is women. In general, if men are meant to procreate, and we talked about this in the last podcast, uh, one of their one of the reasons for why they're so active, their libidos are so active, is because by nature they're supposed to help procreate by sowing their seeds or spreading their sperm. The women are genetically born or genetically wired, predisposed, predisposed to choose a man. To impregnate them so that they can, so that women can create a child who is predominantly genetically stronger or uh, dis- uh, genetically disposed to being smarter, and that was for child survival. Uh, if the child was shorter, there were dangers in the jungle or in the field. If the the child wasn't as as strong as uh, they could be because of their genetics, then they're more likely to die early. Right. Nothing surprising here. I mean, it's survival of the fittest. I mean, you could, you could tie in Darwin as, a, you know, two degrees off of this. But, I mean, we all know that that's probably how it went even way, way, way millions of years back. But, you know, that what that translates to now is smart, well-earning. It, like the big, beefy guy, I mean, I, I don't think that plays out as much anymore that might be primal but i think the more present day of a better earner or someone who's smarter or someone um that can provide resources i'll do you the favor of saying maybe for the offspring but no that means also for them so they can have the creature comforts that they want to have in their life so that has morphed a little bit so maybe before someone who was taller and stronger and could run faster and you know, catch the cheetah and grill up. That was dumb. But you know what I'm saying? Like more physically superior, but now it's more what can they provide in a different fashion? So that's changed, but it's only it's only changed because of the times, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, the topic she really wanted to hone in on is female promiscuity. And in our modern or more Western world, we view that negatively and women are being told now by the likes of dr wednesday martin that you shouldn't be ashamed of that feeling or that uh temperature that you should actually understand it better and it might help you in your future relationships and how you see yourself uh women again uh just shocking facts or at least uh findings Monogamy in women is a more difficult practice than it is for men. And it's truly, it, it, this has, this, there was a study among uh, women across the United States, Europe, uh, the country of Finland. So say it again. What was the finding that you thought was shocking? Monogamy is a more difficult practice for women than it is for men. I told we we talked about this in the maybe the first podcast we did, and I think a lot of people are like wait did I hear that right? Maybe some of them hit that little button that says minus ten seconds. Say what is Josh? What kind of bullshit is Josh spewing? Beep, and they and they were like oh, blah, 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 and I said the same thing, and now Joe, who's actually reading the book, is suggesting that maybe I was right. And wait till you get to the spot where they talk about when you're in a new meant to be monogamous relationship, a dating relationship. The woman starts having her head on the swivel before the guy does. Yes. Did you get to that bit yet? I did. And it would be similar to what we're talking about. But... Right. And I did. And the findings within a committed relationship, I don't believe it's just heterosexual. It's also homosexual. The person who f- plays the female role, if you will, tends to lose interest in their partner. The female tends to lose interest in the male partner within one to two years, and it is a cliff drop. 
from 100 to zero almost immediately and within two years. For men, it actually is just a gradual lack of interest in their female partner over 10 years. Well, it's called a slight loss of interest. It's not called lack of interest. Loss of interest, yes. Right. So women are more likely to, to, to look at other men, even though they're in a monogamous relationship. Joe, Joe the most popular person in the world. I, I think you can have your ringer off, off but I it's did. still always going to ring through on your phone, on your on your laptop. I did. I apologize. It's I no problem. No one cares. I I did. No one cares. <laughs> it's okay. Um. So. So the reason why I raise this, and it kind of applies to the person who may have gotten angry at you, and maybe applies to me too. No, if I've you gotten, are an overstater. I've no one got angry oh, with me. They, You're just expressing concern and you know it was not wasn't like that okay so the person who expressed concern for her role in your life possibly the the reality is women are more likely to act promiscuous even though they're in a monogamous relationship and I think that that's a fact that women should accept and try not to hide behind or even pretend it doesn't happen because it is happening. Yeah. And I think women lie to themselves quite a bit about how, how often it has happened in their own lives and actions. The rates are generally the same between men and women on who strays. And those numbers are probably anywhere between 70 and 85. Okay. And that number goes up, not based on some genetic predisposition. It's, it's predicated upon the access you have to other people. And you have more access to other people if you're attractive, successful, gregarious. That means social, of course. Right. And if you're out in public a lot. If you work from home, you won't see any more people. I mean, if you are, are a very social creature, then you're out more often, then you have more opportunity to see other people. So why does everyone think there's such mystery here? Oh, yeah. The woman I was with last time, she cheated on me. The guy I was with, he was a cheater. The, the, uh, it's just, I, no one, is more in love with the concept of true monogamy than I am. I know that's making your face cringe and you're going, wait, whoa, Captain, uh, Captain Polly over here. I see that face. <laughs> listen, I'm the guy. Listen, look at me in the face right now. This is not a video podcast. No one can see this. I'm looking at Joe right now. I'm about four feet away from her because I miss putts from this distance. I don't like to miss four footers. No one does. Makes for poor eating on the weekend when you're playing on tours. More of McDonald's or Outback Steakhouse than Morton's if you miss those four footers. My decisions in my life are always predicated upon experience. If I wasn't able to perform monogamy correctly or if other people weren't doing it very well towards me, do you think maybe there's a better way to handle romantic endeavors? Okay, I'll try it. I tried it. Worked horribly. Very sad. But that doesn't mean polyamory is wrong. It doesn't mean that it's inherently wrong or it's for Satan. It doesn't mean that. It means I got very close to two people and it just didn't work out. Okay. Does that mean I'm never going to try that again? I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means, and it's okay to be confused about it. So before you start just throwing that word around, cheater this, cheater that, like a lot of people do it, and more people do it that have the potential to do it. I'll crack the code for you. I'll crack the code for you, Esther. I'll crack the code for you, Wednesday. Is that a real name? I, I think so. She seems a little, you know, 70s chick. Yeah. We're Bohemian. Yeah. Wednesday is kind of a cool name. So, can, I mean, can you be monogamous? Absolutely. Can you be attractive and gregarious and, and confident and be monogamous? Of course you can be. Takes a little work, but you can certainly do it. Right? We don't have to talk about it 
in this particular podcast, but what I'm hearing from you is an open admission that open admission. Ugh. you, because not everybody knows you personally and not everybody knows your story that you were in what you would define as a polyamorous relationship. Yes. Yes. There are many different definitions we can, which we can go into later yeah. on, because I think a lot of people don't understand what that is. And it's not an ugly thing. It's not a beautiful thing. It's just something in my mind. And it's, it's something for every, for, for some people and it's something for not so many people. All I'm saying is I'm not trying to fly the flag of alternate relationships. I'm just saying if every relationship you have doesn't work, and a lot of times it doesn't work for this particular reason of infidelity, then maybe try to build a better mousetrap, figure out a different way to do things. That's all I'm saying. You know, and uh, oh, yeah, I mean, promiscuity. What does that word even mean? That you like to bone? Well, guess what? If you were wired to not like to bone, then there wouldn't be any humans on the planet. There wouldn't be 8 billion of them. Like, what does that word even mean? Female prom promiscuity. It's like saying actress instead of actor. An actor is a person who acts. It doesn't need to be gender specific. Yes. You win best actor. You don't win best actor. Like that's not a thing anymore. I, I think what I'm, what I, what we're really, what at least what I'm trying to understand better is men get a bad rap for sleeping around, for being a player. We even have a name for it, a player. And some people just have accepted that society has accepted that for a very long time uh and it's just now in the most recent 40 50 years has it been more acceptable for women to act the same or at least openly act the same which is sleep around have multiple partners uh cheat or even date multiple men before they get married or date multiple men in their 40s like what's what's the problem i don't understand what the problem is with that and i think okay so you say well it's more accepted now it's more accepted when you hang around with intelligent people yeah i think i think iq of a group of friends will strongly dictate whether or not someone i don't want to say use the word tolerate how someone looks upon so a female of the human species who is sex positive and has you know casual encounters from time to time look sex is i think most wonderful when it's shared with someone that you really care about there's no question about that um i would say either exceptionally rarely or never have i participated in something that i would deem to be absolutely positively casual I don't think I've ever had a one night stand in my life. Now, I'm not, I don't think that's right, but it's right for me. Okay. So, you know, for women to date more than one guy, like I have no problem. Like, why would you have a problem with that? Why would someone have a problem with that? Is it because someone fears as a woman that this woman who, this other woman who is sex positive and, and enjoys, you know, having more than one partner? Is going to take their man like what is the issue what's what's the effing problem with that i think people like to believe that if you're sleeping with someone it means something more than that maybe a longer term relationship i don't know i don't know what if what the problem is with that uh, then talk about it if you're gonna if you're gonna be horizontal with someone then talk about it. what does this mean what does it what does it mean more than having a great conversation the intimacy shared in this podcast over the last two podcasts this one because this one was already heavy in the beginning but we knew it was going to be it's not scripted but we knew we were going to try to button that one up right and the last podcast you're going to tell me this isn't more intimate than most sexual encounters than most people have it's not more vulnerable than that oh do you think taking your your goddamn clothes off is is intimate because your clothes are off you're not wearing clothes you don't know wearing a vagina coat right give me a break what is intimacy this is intimacy talking about these things is being intimate oh because you had sex oh, oh i had sex i was naked with someone and this went there and this this fit there and then we were moving around and it was you know like yeah it can be beautiful right but this this doesn't take more guts to talk about this stuff I would argue that this does. 
It reminds me of um, just a just a perspective from the female view, and I hate. There we go. I female view. But I do want to hear it. Jump it. I'm not but, trying to correct you. I'm not right. I am right for me. I live a very happy life. If you come by here and you see me in a crap mood, boy, I mean, the world's probably going to end. I'm a happy person because of what works for me. And I just go over that by this experience made me feel crap. So let me try to do things a different way. So finish what you're going to say. So for women. The scene in When Harry Met Sally, the famous movie, uh, is they, they were friends and then they slept together once and the reaction was different from each side. Uh, the uh, Sally was pointing out to Harry mm -hmm. that they had sex and her, she, at one point she finally got upset because they were glossing over the topic and the big line from her when he finally confronted her and said, what is wrong? Why are you so mad at me? Her line was, didn't it mean anything to you? Meaning, didn't our sexual experience mean anything to you because you've kind of gone along your life like nothing happened. And Harry's response, I thought, was quite brilliant. His response was, why does it have to mean everything? Yeah, I just think you're trying to write cool lines in that movie there. And I think it is a cool line and it has value. But but let me, let me challenge you on that for one second. That is how most women feel when they have a sexual encounter. And it's just, I gotta be honest. I, I listen, if all these other, Everything. if all these other boobs can go on the internet and, and go, go on podcasts and go on YouTube shorts and say all this stuff with great certainty when I don't agree with it, it's, it's the wrong way to look at it because she breaks up with, with this guy, Joe, and she is so upset. And then his marriage to Helen ends and they are there for each other and they comfort each other. That has more value than a sexual encounter. And I don't know how you can not agree with that. That's what he was saying. And those two lines actually made me really think about how I possibly have been thinking for a long time. Yeah. And you're correct. It's not about the sexual encounter that doesn't begin or end anything really. It is just part of the process of getting to know someone yeah. who you may or may not spend the rest of your time with. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, I just like humans. I mean, it comes down to this for me. I like humans, and it doesn't take long for me to want to open up to someone and you know tell them things uh, about my life. Fuck, I'm, I'm doing a podcast talking about it, and I did use the F word, but I don't really give a shit. So, um, so again, I think i am always been – I'm the guy who goes on a cruise, okay? And seven day cruise. And on the second day, I'm thinking about how long I have five days left and then four days left. And I do that terrible thing where you count it down. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is I feel like I'm always very in tune with the fact that I'm not going to live forever and that life is going to be way shorter because I always listen to wise old people. I always have had. And they're 84 years old and they're in poor health. And, you know, they're like, you know, it goes really fast. And they always talk, talk to me about Francisco and they, people saw me in here with him when, when he was five, then eight. And they're like, oh, this is a great age. You better enjoy it while it lasts. And I'm always so keenly aware. I don't need to be reminded of that. I, I have the only anxiety I have in my life is if something were ever to happen in that relationship with my son. So I'm always keenly aware of that. But when I listen to the older people and they say, you know, it goes really fast. You're going to wake up and you're going to be on your deathbed. I, I mean, I've hear, I hear that all the time and I'm always so cognizant of that. So I don't, I don't want to require a year of being friends with you, Joe, before I have a podcast where we talk about our feelings. So I think the craziest concept that's ever spun to us is when we're 14 and someone has the birds and the bees talk with us and says, sex is only for someone that you were you're super duper in love with. Okay, well, I've already told to you by association that I think doing these podcasts is more intimate than having a sexual encounter. I think it's so amazing to talk about really heavy weighty stuff, right? Um, and if, if I can do that and have that conversation with someone, and I think that having a great weighty conversation is super, super intimate, 
what your parents tell you when you're 13, 14, 15 about you only have, you only have sex with people that you're in love with. Well, you might end up loving them. You know, just have it mean something. Again, it doesn't need to mean everything. Yeah. Is that fair? It's very fair. It, it really was a mind altering moment. Yeah. When you realize that it isn't everything. I think we're slowly learning that. I think the acceptance rate among women is probably climbing, but it's it's in the low percentages. I, I would say, I would venture to say if we polled every woman we've ever met, we say, did it, you know, did that sexual encounter mean more? To, did you feel that that sexual encounter meant more to you than it did to the man? I think the answer is yes. Uh, and I, mm. think we're, I think we're built that way. Yeah. And it's not necessarily bad. Well, I think there's a lot of female energy in me then because I don't think that I've ever really ever had that experience and not felt connected to someone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the way, look at the way I sit. I mean, you watch me watch Seiko's basketball games. I always sit with my legs crossed like that. Like, I, I, there's a lot of feminine energy with me. I don't know what the story is with that. I, uh, I will say that a bona fide psychiatrist listened to our podcast, and hmm. the comment uh, this person made was, quote, it's a very interesting dynamic because Josh is very much in touch with his feminine side. Oh. And you, Joe, are very much in touch with your masculine side. So the tables are spinning, flipping, and all the know, time. Rolling down the and street. I feel like that's a great analogy. I feel like every time we're in here, like chairs are flying, the table, everything is very docile to the naked eye. But there's a lot going on. Let's get back to the Wednesday Martin. I got, let's call it 12 minutes left because yeah, I'm working lunch shift. But um, 12 minutes is a long time. I want to keep getting into that fem- the the quote unquote female promiscuity thing, you know, promiscuity. Like I, I just think that that was interesting that we were talking about that. So where else did you have that going? I I, I just Dr. Wednesday Martin want women to be unapologetic for pursuing their own sexual desires, whether it runs hot or lukewarm or cold. That that society has to begin to accept that women should feel more empowered and demand what they want out of uh, out of their lives. What I don't know, and you may know this, is is she she's married with two kids. Is she in an open relationship? I don't husband? know. I don't know anything That'd about be her. Because um, she's almost promoting it as, hey, if you're in a relationship that, that you're stuck in and you're not happy and the other person's not happy, consider opening up the relationship. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Of course there's not. The problem is it gets really obnoxious in life when people try to just suggest that their way is the right way. And I've never said that. Like I've, I've just talked about being poly. I've talked about monogamy being what is really romanticized. And I think it is a really, you know, attractive thing. So I, when people just automatically poo poo that, I, I kind of struggle. I kind of struggle with that. I mean, have you gotten to the part where she's talking about other primates. Have you gotten into the, those kind of studies yet? I have not. That's going to knock your socks off, man. Yeah. I got to the part where she points out that in Western Namibia, there are there is a tribe or a region where the women are married to a primary, but it's generally accepted that she has multiple lovers while she's trying to impregnate. Oh, getting, yeah. Getting... Yeah, when they go away for the hunt or something. There's so, there's some sort of thing where someone leaves for an extended period of time. Is that right? I remember it. I mean, I probably read that three years ago now. And you can tell a lot about a book by how much of it sticks with you. And that a lot of that stuck with me. I wish that book was out when I took those courses in college. Mm-hmm. Because that would have laid waste to any other um, periodical or any other journal or um uh, historical uh, reference book that we would have read in any of those classes. That thing is, it's really good. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, for any for any woman who feels like they, you know, screwed up or um, they feel like has been perceived as having a really strong energy um, on the physical side, that is such a tremendous book because it doesn't give you license. You always have licensed to act how you feel is the right way to act. You know, whether it's, you know, chasing a guy or, you know, whether it's having this feeling or having that feeling or being wired hot, whatever you want to call it. You don't need a license to feel that way. But 
if you ever did, that's your book. Yes, and that's her main point is forget what society has told you to do or how to act. These are all primal yeah. urges, and you need to understand it yeah. to maybe forgive yourself, but also to begin to explore if you're indeed unhappy well in said. your situation. Well said. So this isn't just like a men and women thing, a relationship thing. Like I, I have a problem with anything society tells you to do. I, I'm always very anti-authority. I, I just can't, every time, you know, someone of authority kind of walks up to me and I'm, I'm just like, what is this turd going to say to me? Yeah. So I'm already predisposed to not wanting to go towards the norm. Well, the salmon Lululemon pants you wear. So you say salmon too. I'm teasing. Oh, okay. <laughs> My doctor, Marie Rudisil, yeah, yeah, golf yeah. coach. Got well, it. Tells us that you don't practice what society would normally. What do I? Have? Oh, my salmon sweatshirt. Your sweatshirt. You know what? Just for that, I'm going to wear that during my shift today. <laughs> I think you also have a pair of pants like that. Or at I don't least think I have. <laughs> I don't, don't think so. I have um, those kind of steel blue ones, like the Bronco. Ah. I like those, and I've worn those a lot. There is now starting to be a little hole worn, kind of where the base of the zipper is. I mean, I don't have, a, I don't need a license to sell hot dogs just yet, but it, it is, it's, it is a small little hole, but it's, it's getting there. Kit's gonna have to patch that up. Just to wrap it up, because you do have a shift to, uh, to, to get to, to attend to, 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 to yeah. Um, the, I, we began this podcast by talking about women reducing men to their dicks and, and wallets. their wallets. I did take a short poll. Oh, them, nice. Okay, good. And the quick question was, does size matter? And if Oh, wow. That was size, really, that's not exactly not perpetuating the myth that oh, they're limited to their wieners in their checkbook. I know. And it's a sad topic, but women do talk about this in the locker room. Or a thirsty owl. Or a thirsty owl. On a Friday night. On a cold Friday night. Yes. <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, does size matter? And if it is below average, then would you not go out with this person? And the answer This is, is not how the conversation went last night. Oh, but I, I like this. Is, okay, so this is a different poll. Because last night it was just, um, I think oh. Bill um, said you know, would you date? Cause I came back from the kitchen or something. Then someone asked me straight away. Like I was like, I was an important person. They needed to know the answer. Like if someone was starkly unattractive, but they were sweet as pie, they couldn't have been any kinder pitched a perfect game elsewhere. Heart of gold. Yeah. And, and I said, well, what, I mean, I need a number scale of one to 10 and Bill said two. I'm like, no chance. Cause I got to pass the affability test. Like you have to at least find them attractive enough to, to want to bone them. You know, because I don't plan on being asexual for the last 40 years of my life. You know what I mean? I think that's exactly what I said. And I think across the board around the Everyone bar, agreed. Everyone agreed. Poor Tammy. Poor Tammy's like, oh, she she was not impressed with my answer. <laughs> I think the number had to get to five and a half before I said, yeah, okay, I'd give them a shot. Yes. And, you know, we're either going to be the singlest person on planet Earth <laughs> or the most coveted. I don't know. <laughs> Probably we're, not the most coveted. Huge, at least not huge me. Risk, huge yep. risk. But um, the answer, in, in, let's, let's. So you it. polled other heterosexual women. Correct, correct. And whether or not size mattered. I, this yeah. has got to be a yes. Well, footnote on unattractive. We all know and can say that unattractiveness and attractiveness is all relative. People come I, the all, beholder or beer holder. Be <laughs> come on, that's funny. <laughs> I, that's a good one. I, mm. I, I have beer holder. I mean, there are people who like different things about people. I have a friend who says they just have to be funny and that's it. So that's cool. So the answer, oh, that <laughs> sounds like a crock of shit. But go on. Okay, go on. So does size matter? And the some of the answers I got were funny. So if it's below, comma, <laughs> below average, then yes. So that's that's kind of a kind okay. person. And one was just a stark yes, of course it matters. Yeah. And yeah. some says some say it you know depends on their movement. Oh, the motion of the ocean. Oh, I hate that one. <laughs> no, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. So, well, another tough topic. We only had three answers to that question. We only pulled three people. I'm still waiting for answers. I'll give you more. I think the majority of the people, if you were to poll 100, they would say, yeah, it matters to a certain degree. I mean, like, it's got to be over, you know, not. I don't think they get really descriptive, but they would have to say it's, it has to be at least somewhat close to average and then you only get 
extra points if it's you know a little bit bigger than average so that only helps so let's say whatever the number is like i've heard people say that six inches is average i think that's a little bit the problem is guys think that four inches in actual length means six inches but the average the actual length of six inches if that were to be average i think it's just shy of that is what average is as long as it's in that neighborhood on the lower end to the average then it's just a neutral thing yes. it's like a neutral thing and if someone's good in bed if they if they if the motion of the ocean is good then it's a positive now you can live with if that. you're yeah. six inches plus like six and a half six three quarters seven blah, 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 moving up then that's just a, that's an extra star like okay yeah this is a good thing it's like you know be like um if someone liked to date it's like tall plus. guys, it's like that plus on eight. Plus. Like I don't really want to date. Like the average height is five nine and three quarters for guys. So if someone's five eleven, oh yeah, that's nice. Oh, he's six foot one. Okay, now we're really talking. But if someone's six three or six four or six five, it's like mm, an extra star and a half. Like it's a good thing if it's you know it's good, but it doesn't it doesn't make me want to stay with him forever. If the guy's tall, if the guy's got you know he's sizable down yonder. Sometimes. I think people have stayed in relationships longer than they would have normally if, if the, the sex, sex was, was good. good. That is a great question maybe for next time. Yes. Have you, our listeners, stayed in a relationship longer than you would normally have? Maybe put up a little extra guff because someone was gifted in the bedroom. And that's not just size. It's just, you know, it's like overall performance, overall chemistry. Yes. Yeah. Is that a good one? That's a great question. Mm. On that, everybody stay warm. Stay warm. Try but to it's, stay inside. It's, I mean, just today. Yeah, tomorrow, it's, I mean, Sunday is right back up to 40 or so. Thank God. We need that. Yeah. No more vagina coats for that. No more vagina coats. You <laughs> toss that right in the torch it. Torch it. In the museum. All right. <laughs> the vagina coat museum. <laughs> Who doesn't go check that? There's a, there's a bottle museum in Boston Spa for glass bottles. Like, what is that? What do you, how is, is that, did people go to that? I've driven it hundred times. So you've by, seen it, but you didn't I've go in. I've by it a hundred times, and I always think. If there's a glass bottle museum, there should be a vagina coat museum. <laughs> Listeners, what do you think about that? <laughs> All right. With that one, we'll, we'll uh, send it off to next time. Signing off. Bye.